You're listening to the Minor Detail Podcast, a place where all things community, encouragement, and lifestyle come together through meaningful conversation. I'm your host, Kyla Ariel, and I'm so grateful that you chose to join me on this journey of authenticity to serve as a link that amplifies human connection in our everyday lives. Navigating life on a daily basis can be difficult, but I am confident that together we'll be our own answer to life's minor little details that come our way. Sit back and enjoy today's episode purposely curated just for you. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Minor Detail Podcast. I'm your host, Kyla Ariel, and I am so excited for you to tune into today's episode. We have a very special guest joining us. And listen, all of my guests are special, but today we have a very special guest joining us. And I'm so excited because it's a little different than normal. Today's guest is one of my closest friends and partners in life. Well, literally all things. Precious Azure. Precious is an entrepreneur social justice warrior, self-entitled clarity coach. The girl literally does it all. Welcome, Precious. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the invitation to the minor detail. I'm super, super grateful to be here and just ready for us to dive on in. I love the energy. Listen, for a little context for everyone who is is here listening in, as you know, most episodes are either solo or, you know, I'm more interviewing interview style um, with guests that I may not know, like on a super personal level. And so today I wanted to bring a conversation that feels a little bit more organic. Well, since Precious is someone that I'm very, very close to, I feel like we can let our walls down a little bit more, you know, release some of the barriers. And I wanted to feel like you guys are flies on the wall to a conversation that we're having, like on my couch, glass of wine, just casually talking. Of course, gyms will be dug up because that's just the type of girls we are. But again, I really want this to feel more organic and, you know, with ease, like we're barely even trying. So if you're down for some girl talk, please stick around. Stay tuned because we're about to dive in. You ready, Precious? I was born ready, honey. Okay. (laughs) Listen, so I feel like perfect segue into our conversation is just giving our people more context around our relationship. Uh, What are we like five years in now? Has it been five years, 2017 or 2018? 2017, for sure. 2017, wow, we're celebrating eight years. I mean, five years, look at us. Yeah, I guessed, so I'm glad I was right. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so it was back in 2017. I just moved to LA um, and yeah, it it all started there. I mean, technically you were working with another close friend of ours, Stacey. And I think I talked about Stacey in my first episode, but you were working with her as her, what, her brand manager? Was that the title? At that time, I believe so. I've had several titles, but I think at that time, yeah, I was her brand manager. Okay. Yes. And so me coming in as her assistant, we were forced to work in very close capacities. So five years later, here we are still doing life, still doing more work, and most importantly, still still doing friendship. Yes, I value our friendship so much and being able to see you grow and evolve, it just warms my heart and us just adulting and coming into our womanhood. So I'm excited for this girl talk because, you know, it can go several different places. It really can. It really can. Well, how are you feeling today? I started my day with a spirit of gratitude and excellence per usual. Um, but as the day is coming to a close and we're winding down and I have my sparkling water, 
that's been my new thing. <laughs> um, I'm just super, I'm super grateful to be in this moment. I think just moments to reflect and share wisdom and just build camaraderie around just the entrepreneurial journey um, is just so refreshing. So whoever is listening in, I just know that they're going to gain a lot of value. And it's really that moment to um, be that fly on the wall because Kyla and I, I mean, we work in several different capacities, but we make sure that we just have human centered conversations in all of it. So I'm just super grateful today. Very true. And thank you. Thank you again. Um, I'll probably keep saying that, but thank you. I, I will also provide more context in saying that, like I said, Precious and I genuinely do life. We are what I would consider friends. <laughs> um, so in our very personal conversations, we also have a lot of professional conversations as well. Um, but from your perspective, Precious, how has that been for you navigating a friendship like ours to where it's not just all personal, but it's like genuinely half and half? Yeah. What are, your th- what are your thoughts? Well, personal and business relationships are not new to me. Um, with me having a, I just have a builder mentality, like whomever is close to me, we're building something and it's not necessarily tied to monetary goals. It's more so tied to like, what can we create? How can we create more impact, you know? And so from college, I'm used to befriending someone and being like, oh my God, yeah, let's act on this idea. And so even in my um, like personal, like romantic relationships, it's always been a thing of sharing ideas, having common values and goals and being like, hmm, we could possibly do something together. Now, granted, I do value the relationships that are not like that, but I think when things align, they just align and you make it happen. And most of the time, those types of business and personal relationships only work when there's a level of trust and transparency because you there I know there's so many people that really despise having those types of relationships because you know it's like let's keep it separate but I think you have to have a certain level of emotional intelligence and spiritual maturity to have specific boundaries in place in order for you to do both because who else you know is the best person to to build with it's the people that are you know in your circle so um, I think for us, we just naturally have figured it out, you know, um, and figured it out in a way of like sensing different energy, you know, knowing when to initiate certain conversations, um, being aware of our growth moments, um, but then also like appreciating each other and, and giving each other those permission slips when needed, when it's either for rest or when it's like, go in, go all in, like, go do it. You know, so I think it's a it's a beautiful balance, but it's not it's not common to have that balance. And so I'm grateful that um, the people that I am building with, which are not many at this point, just due to I'm I'm 10 years into my entrepreneurial journey. So my circle's pretty tight, pretty, pretty tight. Um, So, yeah, I think I think it's been a good a good flow. And honestly, we're five years in and we have so much more to go. So it's kind of exciting a little bit because this is like uh, this is like the beginning technically. No, literally we're just beginning and you talking, I feel like, like man, we could go so many ways with that because you're like, my circle is tight. I'm like, ooh, that's good. <laughs> um, but then you're also talking about, you know, giving each other permission and sensing different energies. And I think that that's great because you mentioned emotional intelligence for sure, but I also feel like it's a skill set. Like 
it really like relationships and being good at them is a genuine skill set, I think. Um, and so you mentioning like your circle is tight by now. What does that like? How do you get to that point? Because I have been personally feeling like I am at a point where I will need to start being very intentional about my time and how I'm spending my time, who I'm spending my time with. And I've also, or I've always felt like a very like social person. And I, I just love people. Like I naturally love people. And so I never want to be like, I got to cut this person off. I got to cut that person off. Like, no, that's a little extreme to me, but I do think that there's some intentionality that comes with like who you genuinely are surrounding yourself around. How did you get to that point? Beautiful question. Um, I would say the starting point is truly exploration and finding your purpose, right? Because it's through that journey of trial and error and seeing like where you feel most aligned and called within your work um, will determine how you evolve and be able to manage certain relationships. So I can say through me being so open-minded and willing to build relationships with so many different people, different industries, different backgrounds, um, I've been able to develop my spirit of discernment of like what's for me and what's not for me. And it's a lot of surrendering that goes along that process too, because I say my circle's tight now because everything is in alignment when you're figuring things out, there's, you're looking for that alignment. And sometimes you have to come in and out of it to be like, oh, okay, these are the people that stayed the same throughout that time period, or their core was aligned with my core. And it's, it's a time, it's a timing thing for sure. Um, but yeah, I would say the parallelism is me being confident in my own self-discovery journey was directly, you know, aligned with, okay, this is my core people. But are you having very specific conversations? Are you just allowing distance to like naturally grow? Or are you, are you just gravitating towards, you know, those people that you genuinely feel are like your people? Like, what does that look like? Um, well, I think the first step is sharing intentions with all relationships in the beginning. So it's Mm -hmm. like, knowing what our intentions are. I don't think it's smart to, I think it's smart to allow things to flow, but we have to be clear on what the intentional starting point is. You know, is this friendship? Um, Is this business? Is this for a project? Because I think some people get those things mixed up where it's like, actually, this was just a project we were testing out. We weren't really building a business together. And so I think intention and expectations Um, having that clear communication in the beginning and then allowing the relationship to flow to where it needs to go. So I can say um, I have allowed things to naturally pan out the way they need to. And um, along that pathway is seeking guidance and like praying about certain things and journaling certain things and being able to, because you know, you're not going to always agree, right? So it's like, the people I've been able to problem solve with the most in the most healthiest way <laughs> have have are still in my life right now. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's being able to be intentional, but also not be afraid to have tough conversations. And so that's with personal and business. And so I would think, you know, even in the space that we're in now and coming out of the 
pandemic. I'm claiming we're coming out of it, although people are still getting it every single day. Lord be with us. Um, people are more open-minded and empathetic and understanding of like authentic, transparent conversations. And so, uh, so yeah, I think that is a practical tip I can definitely say is just being intentional, but allowing things to flow and naturally progress is one thing. Um, and then probably too, being more uh, vocal about your growth, right? Because things change. And I think sometimes it's hard to communicate when, yeah, I felt that way in the beginning, but this is how I feel now. Sometimes it's not always easy to put those words together, but that's why it's important to have your quiet time to try to gather your thoughts best because it needs to be communicated. And you never want to put yourself in a situation where you're feeling forced to continue a relationship that doesn't, you know, that no longer serves you. And so, um, so yeah, I think those would probably be the main things of like being intentional, not being, you know, seeing how well you're able to problem solve together, but then also being able to communicate change because it's inevitable. Like it just happens. We're human beings and we grow. And so I, I think that's played a major role in me being able to curate my relationships. Have you had to break up with friends before? Ooh. So we going there? Yes, I want. All right, professional precious is out. It's gone. Okay. We said we said this is girl talk. The the, the the people listening are like, okay, this is cool, but like, we all gonna get, you know, loose. Free. Yeah. So let me pour another glass. Um, just kidding. So breaking up with relationships. Yes, yes, I have done that before um well pause friendships right yeah breaking relationships I'm like that I know like you know that's a whole nother topic but yeah specifically specifically friendships and honestly it's it's happened two ways either there was a I have some that have faded out with no hard feelings but when you say break up that sounds very intentional as in like an event took place and it was no longer, you were no longer friends. Um, and so that's only actually happened once. Mm-hmm. And cause for the most part, uh, of course we meet and connect with people all the time and you have certain associates and things in your life. Um, but the one time that it did occur, um, I was in the wrong And I had a lot of life stuff going on and I, I, I personally was taking time to collect my thoughts and figure out how should I approach this? And that was the bad decision because once we did have a conversation, her thoughts was like, you should have at least communicated with me to let me know you're processing mm-hmm. but I chose so it was just like radio silence yeah I chose to just be silent because I was just like I was just in shock and I'm like okay I need to figure I need to figure this out but at the same time and this isn't a excuse but it was literally right before the announcement about um the COVID pandemic it's like right before that And I was like new into my 
So, you know, with Measure, I'm a co-founder, but I volunteered for free for three years. And I was part of building the brand as the chief communications officer. I've always wanted to, you know, show up in the social justice reform space beyond just social media or posting a hashtag. And so for this opportunity to come about for me to use my branding and marketing skills to help build this organization, I'm like, you know, this makes sense, especially with this being data-driven as well. But this was like two months into my VP role and I'm having to shift this whole organization as this pandemic is approaching. And it was just so much pressure on my plate business and professionally to where this friendship that I value, still value to this day a lot. I'm like, oh my God, like it, it just, it just kind of just took me out. And so me taking my silence, my silence, just it was just the most horrible decision that I could have made. And granted, we did come to terms and have honest conversation. And, you know, um, we I mean, I apologize and we came to terms, but, you know, it just wasn't the same mm-hmm. um, because at that point, because I was silent for like two months. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I didn't mean to laugh, I didn't mean to laugh but yeah, I can see. How I was that. silent for like two months because it was kind of like that post-it note item of like wanting to communicate the best thing. And it was like, it wasn't even about having the perfect words. It was about communicating that this relationship is a priority. And I didn't do that. Um, and so, and so, yeah. So as of today, we're not as close as we used to be. I don't think there's any hard feelings, but I still feel a way about how those things panned out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was definitely a learning moment for me. Um, although at the time I was thinking like, oh, I need to come correct, quote unquote. But really it was more so I just needed to make it a priority and I didn't. Yeah, I, that's tough. But I also think that it's really good that you can see your not fault necessarily, but like the role you played, because I think that there's always two sides to relationships, not think there are two sides. There are. And so, and so even though like you waited two months, like, let's say, for example, there was a reason why you waited two months. It's because it could have been, and this may not have been the case, but I'm just saying like the way that our brains play out, it's like, oh, I know how this person, you know, receives things. Like, let me make sure that what I'm bringing to the table makes sense. Or like, I, I, I can tell that the intentions weren't bad, but you yeah. were just trying to figure out like what's the best way to communicate X, Y, Z. Right, exactly. And so, um, you know, it's on my prayer board in my in my prayer closet, got a little sticky note there um, about the relationship. But um, I'm just grateful to be able to, kind of like you said, being able to reflect and see how I could have done it better and knowing like, you know, real friendships, you don't, get those often so Mm -hmm. it's important to make sure they're prioritized and I think the entrepreneur sometimes it's tough to manage relationships when your friends don't fully understand Mm -hmm. you know what comes with this journey and and time and things like that so it's like it gets to a certain point to where if you want people in your life, like you have to be vocal about it and be intentional about spending time uh, for the, you know, the, the, the true friendships you want to keep close. It's crazy that you say that too, because I, when you were, you were talking earlier, or even the way that I introduced us is like, we're friends, but we also have a professional, professional relationship. I know that both of us don't necessarily have 
like all of our friends aren't friends that we also do business with, for example, or work with. So it's interesting that you just made that comment about, um, what did you, oh, about, about entrepreneurship, because that's a whole other ball game. It's like the friends that don't, they don't maybe understand the work that you do, number one. So it's, they're wrapping their minds around that, but it's also like, you know, still trying to develop, I guess, or maintain the friendships that aren't necessarily career based or, um, they're just very personal, whether it's like childhood friend or, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, that's a whole, whole nother job to do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I totally agree. And I think too, it's like, even like this, this is, I've been thinking about when I want to have this conversation. Um, just because I think those of us that are entrepreneurs that have friends that you've had for long lasting relationships, part of it is like, they'll, they'll um, I guess, accept certain things based on them knowing who you are, or like, they'll take things lightly. But I think too, sometimes they don't fully express how they truly feel in light of, um, either feeling like you're unaware or like wanting to uh, or maybe not feeling like you'll understand mm -hmm. um, because I had a I had a conversation with one of my best best friends and she had just shared a time where um, where she had well I mean we've already had the conversation so I guess it's okay for me to share it here but, you know, you have those moments when your friend is getting married, having kids, like all these big life moments, right? And these big life moments were happening at a time where I'm like broke, <laughs> like I'm chasing my dreams, like traveling, but I'm like, I have to be a part of this and I'm gonna make it happen. Am I gonna communicate all the challenges and struggles I have to go through to get there? Of course not, because I don't wanna take away from your moment, but in your mind as an entrepreneur and you you know how much effort you have to put in and to be there or to show up but they don't so if you was like shoot I made it here so that should be enough that's what's in my mind um but there was a there was a moment and I don't know if you remember this but I had to um we have we were planning the first media brunch and it was the day after my best friend's bridal shower in Houston we're out oh, yeah it, it, Houston. I don't want to I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to expose it. <laughs> yeah yeah and so I had to fly to Houston for one day like I flew in that morning went to the hair salon got my hair done showed up to set up for the bridal shower did the games and then gave her a kiss goodbye and went to the airport so I could make it back to LA to host this event mm. all of that happened within 24 hours um and granted I was able to communicate that ahead of time but of course you still may feel a way that like you wasn't here for the whole moment um and then recently me and my friends came together and we threw her a surprise bridal shower and when they picked the date I was like oh I have a conference that day but you know we can be able to use my space so we're planning everything and um, she came, we did the surprise. I gave her a kiss, then I had to bounce. But, you know, we used my space at my apartments. And so later she just expressed that, you know, she was like, yeah, you weren't there. It's like, I know it was a surprise, so you couldn't have told me, but 
the fact that she just made the comment was like, dang, like she technically felt a way that, but of course in person, I didn't feel that energy. It was like, oh, okay. But deep down inside, she was like, damn, she's not here again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, knowing how to balance that is just, the real ones are going to stick around. But I think at some point as an entrepreneur, when you do have those friends that's been with you for the ride, creating a space to like share how they felt during that journey because Mm. clearly they trusted where the relationship was going to go to still be there but I think you know this is something I haven't done but it's like on my list of like I want to know like I'm celebrating 10 years next year so maybe next year once I buy my house get it furnished in that whole moment of celebration just taking a time to pause and be like so what was y'all experience being my friend (laughs) during this time yeah and just listening because I haven't created space to like listen to how the decisions I made for myself affected my people that I call, you know, family and close friends. Mm-hmm. So wait, that was two separate bridal showers you did, right? Right. So, so two separate people. A, a bridal shower, then it was a baby shower. Baby. Okay. You said bridal twice. That's all I was like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Bridal, first, so, the first was the bridal shower. The second was the baby shower. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, no. And I think that's really real because I just battle with it so much in terms of like how, cause I love showing up and being there for people, but we all know that like showing up, it, it takes away from you as well. So when you mentioned the whole media brunch uh, situation where you were, had to be in Houston and then back in LA in 24 hours, I'm like, that's a lot. It really is a lot. And I've, I actually did something similar like that where I was in like three cities in one weekend and I loved it, but I realized like, that takes a lot of energy. How old were you when you did that? I can't remember. Were you like 26 for the media brunch? Um, the media brunch, that was 2017. So five years ago. Yeah, I was 26. Yeah, I'm 26 now. See, look, uh, I, I like to use I like to use you. <laughs> as some, I like the things you do. I, I like to learn from you. So I should have known like, you know, don't you remember when Precious was tired when she did that? <laughs> but no, that makes yeah, sense. I think, um, I think and then that year, when I did my taxes, I think I made like five thousand dollars that year. Wow! For the year. Wow. So, how? I, right. Nobody but God. Nobody but God. Five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars for the year. No, when I, I know. When I and mind you, I'm so business savvy. Got my QuickBooks and everything, and I'm like, is that right? Hmm. And then the the CPA she wanted to confirm because at this time I was behind on my taxes, like trying to get my life in order. And I was like, yeah, that's that's about right. So just thinking about all the sacrifices I made that year, you know, when it comes to being a full-time entrepreneur, you're consumed with your day-to-day just like problem solving and killing the food you eat every single day. So in your mind, it's like, no one's going to fully understand to the extent of what you had to do to be in certain places. And it's like, you shouldn't have to carry that weight. You know, when you mm-hmm. come into places, you want to be light, you want to be present. Um, but I think, you know, just having that safe space for people to just share their experience, I think is, is going to be, a, it's going to be an interesting conversation. I may have to do a follow-up. It is. It after, is interesting. After I have that. You should, because a part of me, when you were talking, when she said um, you weren't there, like a part of me kind of felt like, 
do you do you not understand the plan here like the mission and that's not to say like she was wrong for expressing herself by any means like I think Mm -hmm. we should all do that but I do think that there's a level of grace that I I give people that I extend to people that I hope is you know the same is done in return um because I don't think that you know you're just busy or we're just busy for our health like if it were our if it were our choice I think that a lot of what we're doing um, wouldn't be a part of our day to day, but it's just a part of the process. And so I think that's why initially this conversation even came up is because I, I feel like that's what a lot of people, our age, you know, younger millennials, but that are getting older or, uh, maturing. I think we're all dealing with that. It's like, well, much, like you said earlier, spiritually mature, good head on our shoulders. It's like, we love people and we want to have people in our lives, but at what point or at what rate, how do you decide like, okay, you know, this relationship here is, is worth nurturing, but maybe over here, it might be time to let it go. So I think that's what, what kind of initiated that part of the conversation. Um, but I love that, you know, that's growth too, is being able to identify where, how you show up, um, seeing both sides versus like playing the victim role or pointing the finger. I think it definitely requires like both parties to, to make an effort. It's definitely, I like to say relationships are reciprocal. Like they're not, um, what is it? Transactional, but they're reciprocal. Right. And I also know like relationships only grow based on the certain questions that you ask. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like determining the questions asked when you do check in, when you do text or this, you know, group chats are amazing. I'm so grateful for voice memos because it's allowed me to keep my friends in the loop a little bit more without having to like, can we hop on the call or can we link up at this time? Especially my friends that are married, have kids, like their calendars are totally different than mine. And with mm-hmm. me going into that journey, like that's the next phase for me is being married, becoming a mom. Like I'm dedicating my thirties to you know, getting grounded in those roles. And so I'm grateful that I think it was 2018 was when I had, yeah. So 2017 was that year. I'm like, I only made $5,000. What? And I'd had to have a whole, I went to a, a financial seminar at my church to like build a better <laughs> relationship with money and understanding that at the end of the day, God owns it all. And how I can be able to go from surviving to actually like thriving and having a surplus and starting to really understand what like prosperity being our birthright. And I'm like, all of my income producing activity needs to lead to like really creating wealth. And so getting, stripping myself away from just passion projects to like, where's the business model? Where's the revenue model? Because I don't want to, you know, just be penny pinching this whole journey. Like that's not the And so, you know, you have those real talks with yourself of like, how would I really like to spend my time? Let me figure out ways where I can free up my time because being a mom, taking care of a family, I understand why it's a full-time job, Yeah. like period. And so um, I'm grateful to now be in a position of me seeing like, okay, hitting that finally like seven figures and being able to have multiple streams of income and understanding how money works to where it's really working for me and I can use my time to just nurture my relationships like that's it that's all I want to do is nurture and love on my people and and create experiences I'm the second oldest of 10 Mm. okay I have five sisters four brothers five nephews two nieces and I haven't even added mine to the bunch 
<laughs> you know, parents are getting older. They don't have energy to do certain things. And so, yeah, somebody got to take the lead when it comes to documenting our history, which I became more emotionally connected because I'm like, who's documenting our history as a family? Like, yeah, I yeah. Have, I don't, I don't know maybe just two generations down, but I don't, I don't know much. And so I'm thinking about, you know, the money's one thing, but the lineage is a whole nother thing. So it's like, who's documenting these moments. So that's what I'm excited about. That's like my why, where I'm like, let's go get it. Let's go all in. So I could chill and just take care of my family and actually be that person that can allow them to breathe a little bit. Cause I blame everything on slavery. But that's another, okay. that's another conversation. <laughs> well, you honestly said so much in such a small amount of time because I feel like you like segued the conversation three times over. Um, but I'll start with you mentioning your 30s uh, because that's definitely something that I, that stood out the most when thinking about this conversation. It's like, I am, you know, wrapping up the tail end of my 20s. You are beginning the, you know, early 30s stage and we're in two different decades. Like we're doing life together, but we're still in two different decades. And I feel like you have experience in this like cool new party that I haven't gotten invited to just yet. (laughs) But it makes me think about, you know, what are the major differences that you've experienced or recognized? Or like, what are some things that you maybe felt like entering your thirties? You're like, okay, this 20, like you're, you're staying here. Like you're staying behind me in my past um or you know what are some things you you brought with you so we'll start we'll start with the the biggest difference what do you feel like has been the biggest difference between your 20s and your 30s um I would say the biggest difference is probably my communication Mm. um I've been able to communicate with more love and grace um in my 30s due to all of my challenges in my 20s of like you really never know what people going through. And I know how much I've gone through to where, yeah, just embodying grace and extending that has been a big thing for me and and patience too. I think I've always been a patient person, but I think in my twenties, I was patient with people, but going into my thirties, I started to become patient with myself Mm. because, you know, it's cool for you to communicate and give advice to other people, but giving yourself grace, being patient with yourself is like, what? I don't got to do all that. But it's like, no, this is the time where you have to slow down in order to be able to like, listen to God when he's speaking to you and quiet the noise. But also you slow down to speed up because the more free time I've created to just be quiet, the more I've been able to, you know, problem solve better or make more strategic decisions. And so I can say for sure, my communication with self as well as others is a big difference. Um, And once again, I think it just goes back to spiritual maturity. Um, But something I most definitely left in my twenties is being broke. That's (laughs) I hear that can stay right there being broke is childish and I need to break that down on what I mean by childish um there's a there's it humbles you right it humbles you and honestly your relationship with money 
is a direct reflection with your relationship with God. That's my personal opinion. Because we need to be good stewards of our time and good stewards with our money. And they're one and the same. And so it's like, I had to have that real talk with myself where I'm like, you're talented and you are blessed with so many gifts. How are you broke right now? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, what are you doing wrong? Like, like, as I mentioned before, prosperity is your birthright. Like I'm centered in abundance. Like money's created. It's an energy. Where am I messing up at? And I was messing up because I was not prioritizing me. I was prioritizing others. There's a balance you have to, and it's a skill too, in being a servant leader of like being there for the people, but understanding like how you're going to take care of your foundation because nobody else is responsible for that other than you. And so when you can't do certain things, you start realizing what's the reason? What am I, you know, not being bold enough about? Cause you got to be bold in order to secure the bag. Like you just have to. And mm. so I had to really channel that boldness and start making bolder decisions. And yeah. one of my, every year I pick a word to be the theme of the year. Um, and yeah, after 2018, I think my year was like, be bold, be fearless. Like that was just the energy I had to carry in order to be, to unlock those next levels of income. And a lot of it came with education too. Like I'm big on learning and because it's, we have access to so much information, like it's, it's ridiculous at this point. And, um, and yeah, just trial and error and feeling worthy too. Yeah. Yes. 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 We're going to pause there because you could continue. I know. And I think that that is so real. And I think that that's a that's a come to Jesus moment that I would be curious to know. Cause I was going to say, I know many people have it, but I would be curious to know, like how many people have to have that conversation with themselves about one being worthy enough to receive two being disciplined enough, not even disciplined enough, but being real with yourself to say like, all right, I'm, I'm a part of the problem for sure. And I have to be willing to put myself out there, whether that be, myself out there in a bold way and having conversations with people and networking or you know not being afraid of rejection and being told no and just getting out of my head and putting you know putting myself first to make that first step and I totally agree with you in terms of like it being in direct alignment with God because it wasn't for me personally like it wasn't until I got like God had to break me down a little bit and not make financial things be so heavily based around materialistic materialism and materialistic things um to really get an understanding of like okay why do you want to be financially free why do you feel like you are not deserving of more income but why do you feel like you're ready right because that's a whole nother ball game is like you want to receive more income but are you prepared for what that means like do you know what you're going to do with this abundance because <laughs> it's not just go to the store and spend it it's not just to go get a new car go get your own place it's bigger than that um and so I think that's big I would really be curious to know like how do you feel like you finally had that breakthrough moment? Because our breakthrough moments are definitely similar. And I don't think we've ever talked about that. Um, well, part of it was one seeking guidance. Like I mentioned, I took that class and just understanding how money should be divvied up. And, you know, we don't, we're not taught financial literacy in school. Um, and whatever financial principles your parents decide to share with you, you may learn those. And some of them may be, um, 
passive where you just saw what they did and then you started practicing with practicing it whether it was good or bad or you know there was an actual conversation of like this is how you do this this is how you do that um I mine were more passive my parents did not have intentional conversations with me about budgeting about um credit but I can say I watched my grandparents tithe every single Sunday and Mm -hmm. they were on a fixed income and they always had money. And so even that year I made $5,000, I was paying my tithes. Every time I had like somebody paid $150 invoice here, I I paid my tithes. And Mm -hmm. I can can say I continued that habit. It wasn't until like 2020 when I fully detached emotionally from paying my tithes. Of course, yeah. every time I'd be like, dang, dang. But now it's to the point to where it's like, all right, let me give you yours. So I it's, 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 in, it's enjoyable looking. Yeah, it's so like, right back. Like I literally have a um uh I have my goals like everywhere in my house. And one of them is I'm so happy and grateful now that I tithe 10K per month. Like that's my target right now. I want to tithe ten thousand dollars per <laughs> oh I was gonna say, wait, you I'm sorry, I didn't know you were tithing 10K. That was your goal. Okay. <laughs> See how, see how, see how real that yeah, felt like, happy and grateful I tied yeah. to month. Like how you felt that? That's, that, that's literally a, one of the practices I had to start implementing is speaking as if it already is and repetitively and continuously. But I can say part of that breakthrough moment was just the preparation piece. I'm like, all right, there's levels to income, right? And so for me, I made my budget. What's my ideal budget? What's my ideal expenses? What type of car do I want to drive? Where do I want to live at? What does that like? What does my lifestyle cost or what I think it does? I've made that budget and that's what I'm living today. And now I have a new one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So for me, it's just all about a a lot of people. They like to say, oh, I just need the money. I just need the money. What you going to do when you get the money? You got to pay for it. And so for me, I'm like, let me educate myself and, and start planning. And in this new book I'm working on, um, which will be released very, very soon. Don't give uh, the don't get don't give details about things that we didn't get there. I just had to I just had to talk a little bit because it's aligned with what we're talking about. But I talk about the new financial benchmark mm. that I think everybody should be working towards. And I'm grateful that my experience with measure, like I manage a half a million dollar budget right now. And so my, my view of money is just different. Like, cause I see it come in and out. Like I see the cash flow projections and all of that to now yep. it's normal. Like I'm like a half a million dollars is not a lot of money mm-hmm. and I could just see how it goes. So I'm just grateful to be able to, that God has trusted me with the leadership roles that he's given me in order to, you know, continue his mission a hundred percent and I I feel you on that I think working um whether it be with measure my full-time role it's like you're seeing so so much be invested into organizations people you know what I mean it's like increases it's it's almost a lot less about like financial gain and just more about not putting a cap or limitations on yourself like that's how I see it mm-hmm it should, anything is possible. It shouldn't be about, you know, okay, I'm capped out. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a billionaire. It's like the money will come. Yeah. It's in constant flow. Money is in constant flow. And so it's just a matter of how close are you to the energy of where it's flowing? A hundred percent. 
So we talked about what you feel like the biggest difference between your 20s and 30s was, which was communication. Um, we talked about one thing that you had to let go of, which is being broke. I love that. What is one thing you felt like you carried with you? Hmm. One thing I feel like I carried with me. Hmm. Probably my willingness to serve. Cause I still have the spirit to, to serve people. I just think with my communication, I'm able to do it in a way where I can still protect my sanity and self-care. Um, I love so, that though, because earlier you did touch on that, talking about being a servant leader, but not allowing it to basically like completely empty you out. And I think that is where I'm like, all right, I can feel that nudge where it's like, we got to figure out something else. Yeah. And I think the the best advice for that piece of wanting to continue, because, you know, it's that whole moment of like, don't forget what got you here type mm-hmm. of moment. And so my servant leadership qualities is what got me to this point. And so now it's like going into this chapter, I've been a servant leader to the world and now I am developing strategies to do that in a more passive way to where I can be an active servant leader for my family Mm -hmm. like that's the twist of like all right I've I've exposed myself to the world this is all the times I have to give I've tried this I tried that I've figured out and identified what my strengths are what works how can I be able to create more impact by doing less? And then how can I be a more active servant leader for my family? And so I don't have that answer, but I'm now on that journey of figuring out what that level of servant leadership looks like. And I think that's fair because at least you recognize what no longer serves you. You know what I mean? In order to get to that point, because I think that's, that, that's what's all, or that's what growth, I can't talk today. I think that is what growth is all about. (laughs) It's learning what is no longer serving you to get closer to what is or what you should be doing or where life is leading you. Um, And we've had so many conversations around like, all right, it's time to let go of this. It's time to start implementing these things. And I really do feel like it's because you feel when you're being called to like hire, but I, at least I know we do. Um, and it's always very clear. And so in order to do those things, it's like, you're getting rid of what no longer works for you and your lifestyle. Um, you mentioned earlier, like for your sanity and self-care and it's like, no, seriously, whether it be going to bed earlier, getting up earlier, you put me on 5am club, which I don't know who necessarily participates in 5am club, but we do. (laughs) It's like getting up before the world wakes up. You never knew how much that that could actually help you, but it does because now I'm at 3.30. Nah, I'm good, but I'll catch you at 5.30 because 3.30 means that you're not getting any rest because um, there's no way you're going to sleep. What is that, at like 6 p.m. to get eight hours? No, so I, I shoot 5 p.m. Six, six or seven hours. Okay. So if I'm waking up at 3.30, then it means, yeah, I'm going to be going to sleep around. I'll try to wind down around 8.30 mm-hmm. and then 3.30, my body wakes up. I mean, I get out the bed till like four, but I set my alarm for 3.30 only because um, John Maxwell, he's one of like the people I look up to when it comes to leadership development, personal development. He writes five hours a day. Mm. 
And I realized that morning workouts no longer serve me, early morning workouts. And I basically need to use my mornings to have time with God, write and trade. And so from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., that's how I'm spending my time. And then I may do some morning meetings and do like a late morning, early afternoon workout because the energy required to work out in the mornings doesn't just always work. And so if I'm going to be in the right spirit and headspace to, to, to really pursue my journey of being a best-selling author, I need to start establishing the habit of writing more and the mornings is what's, what's best for me. So that's why I have to wake up early and get it done. That's interesting. I didn't know you weren't doing early morning workouts anymore. It was it's I, a recent change. It's been about two weeks. Okay. Okay. So they're still in the morning. They're just not like early morning. Like how I go at 630. You're right. You're still... I used to work out 6am four days a week. Mm-hmm. Now I probably do one morning, early morning workout, but the other ones are like 10am or 5pm. It just kind of depends on the day. But that's why I think freedom is so important. Like right now, that is what I'm working towards. It's like freedom of my daily schedule, freedom of just how, you know, how I decide to operate is because we are all different human beings. And sometimes the structural norms are not conducive to whatever lifestyle you're trying to live. And that's not me saying like, I don't want to work. I want to sleep in. Like, no, I want to get up at 530. I want to work out at 630, but I want to come home and just like sit in stillness until 8 p.m. You know what I mean? And then start getting ready to for the day and what have you. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, 8 p.m. says you're not getting nothing done. You're not getting nothing done. But you know what I mean? Like until 8 a.m. and not just like shower and hurry and like everything is like to operate in just like complete flow is like a dream. But again, it's all about learning what works for you. And I think it just takes trial and error. It takes you doing things you don't like to get to the things you do. Mm-hmm but I, I love that. So you talked a little bit about, um, leadership and like that next stage of life. And we have a lot of conversations about what it means to legacy build. And it's so funny because you were literally the first person that I ever heard use the phrase legacy building. And then I think it's become more of a buzzword and not in a bad way, but more people are using it. And I remember when I first heard you say it, I'm just like, this girl is so crazy. Like you always on some like higher, <laughs> higher achieving like these are the life goals and I'm just I'll be listening sometimes like okay girl like I hear you um but most recently I actually started life coaching I transitioned from therapy to life coaching um and I must say I love it my life coach is actually like a combination of a therapist and life well she is a therapist but she also does life coaching so I feel like I get the best of both worlds but she recently asked me about legacy building and I was like precious is this you? Like you were the first person that came to my mind. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit about what legacy building means to you specifically, um, because I think it's a different term that we don't really hear or use in the black community. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think we hear a lot about generational wealth, but to me, your, you know, everyone wants to build a brand, right? Have a personal brand, but I believe your legacy is your brand. Mm. And your brand is your reputation. So I have a saying, prioritize your legacy today. When people think legacy, they think when I get older, my will, my properties I may own, what am I leaving for my kids? 
those are all tangible assets that carry monetary value. For me, your legacy is truly your spirit and soul and impact and influence that you're leaving on other people. And so when you think about legacy building for, this is a perfect example. I started, I went to school for fashion and business, came out of, this was around the time Instagram had just started when you could only make 15 second videos way, way back. Mm -hmm. And I started building my personal brand on social media, just like doing quotes, inspirational videos. Needless to say, me building my own personal brand attracted other seasoned entrepreneurs as well as creatives, because I'm a creative at heart, but people always seek to me to bridge that gap between business and creative because I was a strategic planner, but I had a creative eye at the same time. And I understood the creative process and how to storytell and all these different things. But I started getting so much attention for the quote unquote aesthetics that I was realizing that people were wanting to build brands to look good, but they had no true purpose, no true vision. They didn't really have messaging to to match the image they were wanting to portray. And so I had to let people know, I don't just do projects. I build brands with legacy in mind. Like, what is the bigger picture? What's the bigger vision? And a lot of people are not challenged to think that way because we're in a microwave society and it's like, oh, let's package this up and do this and make this quick money and do this or do that. When it's like the real bag is in the brand and in the legacy and it takes time to build that. And so when people are not seeking to do that, you know, I feel like they're prolonging their process to actually legacy build because yes, yes. for you to say you were able to leave X amount of dollars behind, but it's like, what do they have to look up to? And so going back to what I mentioned about documenting our history, like that's all a part of the legacy too. And so if I think about my ancestors and what had to be done in order for them to get here, like I would have loved to be able to tell their story. And so now me setting the new precedent of like, no, my great grandkids are going to know what I did in this lifetime. And they're going to be inspired and know their power because as human beings, we forget easily. We forget our identity with God. We forget where our, where we came from to get to where we are today. It's just so easy to forget. And so I think daily practice and gratitude is really important, but to bring it all home in your question about, you know, just legacy building in general, it's like, like I have my own personal vision statement. And I think it's important for everyone to have a personal vision statement and saying like the decisions I'm making today is in alignment with the person I'm becoming. I have another saying where I say, I am who I'm becoming. And so the more you remove yourself from your current circumstances and you focus on the person you're becoming, that's when you are prioritizing your legacy. That's the clear difference. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So good because I feel like, well, number one, the personal vision statement, I think is fire. I know it's something that you've been doing, but I think it's something that we could all take away um, for the simple fact that it's literally you reciting future you like what future oh, you, you want to hear you want to I mean it. I didn't want to put you on the spot but I know you know it and I want I want listeners to be able to hear like how in-depth you get about how you visualize 
you know, your future self. And that's not to say like it stops there or that's the cap. Again, you're not putting a ceiling on yourself, but it is something that motivate you literally day in and day out as a reminder of like, look, sis, this, this might be one of them days, but oh, oh, future, oh, future self girl, like future me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She would, she would need you to move a little differently. Right. So let's hear it. So I'm so happy and grateful that I am a global leader, style icon, respected businesswoman, master communicator, proud wife, passionate mother, and the epitome of God's grace and love. I love it. And it's literally so, it's so you, but it's literally so attainable. You know what I mean? Like God willing, it's so, so, so attainable. And I feel like I'm about to go write one down tonight, number one, yeah. but I'll, <laughs> I think it's like, it's, it's your personal affirmation. That's what I wanted to say. Like, it's your right. personal affirmation. Cause one thing I actually did, and I'm going to show you, y'all can't see, but I bought post-it notes this week. And I also bought materials to make a vision board because I felt like, um, I'm, I'm on PTO right now and I'm wrapping up today, but I feel like you said earlier, we often lose sight of like those goals or what feels attainable when we're kind of down or we're feeling a little unmotivated and we need things to serve as a reminder. It's like, nah, you're still here. You still got this. You still have, you still have time as long as you're breathing. And for me, your personal vision statement is a reminder and it's like your own personal affirmation. Sure. Like I am beautiful. I am smart. I am strong. Like, you know, things that we can put on sticky notes are nice in the moment, but to have something to anchor yourself to is like, that's dope. Keyword is anchor. And so just to give you insight on how I created it, I first identified what adjectives do I want to be known for? If I'm not in the room. How do I want people to describe me? Mm. First question I asked myself. Second question I asked myself was, what industries do I want to be respected in? Mm. And the last question was, what roles or titles do I want to carry during this human experience? And so after much revisions, it took me about a year to finally come up with it. Um, I was able to hone it down to those key things where I'm like, because it gets to the point to where we want to be all these things, but it, there's, there's an umbrella for it all to, to fall under. Um, me being a global leader, like I didn't necessarily say a philanthropist, but I can be a global leader in so many different ways. Me being a style icon. I may not be have my own fashion brand and business, but I'm going to inspire people based on my style in some way. Me being a master communicator, that's a whole thing within itself. And so I just kind of went through the list being a respected businesswoman. I didn't care about being a CEO. I didn't put Mm -hmm. that. I wanted to be respected as a businesswoman. And so just, you know, it may take some time. So don't put pressure on yourself. Like, let me get this right tonight. Um, Because it may evolve, but at least taking the time to list those things out of like, these are the adjectives I want people to, I want to, I want to embody on a day-to-day basis. These are the types of titles I want to be connected to my name. These are the types of industries I want to be recognized in. And then your personal vision statement then becomes that driver for all your other decisions. So once you make the decision of like, this is the vision of Kyla, then day-to-day is going to be easier to be like, oh, that ain't it. Mm. Or actually I can go two relationships down and make this align with this or, okay, like that is my anchor of my decision-making of like, is it in alignment with my vision? If it's not, then I don't need any extra. (laughs) I need it to get me here. 
expeditiously. Mm. You better speak. Hmm. You don't need extra. I don't need no extra. I, <laughs> I, wish, they, okay. I wish they could see our hand motions and movements, but no, <laughs> seriously. So what do you feel like is most impactful about the work you're doing right now? You kind of touched on it, but I want to hear like, what do you, Precious Azure, think is most impactful? Because we're doing a lot in this world, but what does it all amount to? Like, what is it all for? I think what's most impactful about the work I'm doing now is that I am insanely resourceful. Like I have access to relationships, funding, knowledge, information that can serve the world at a very high level. And so I have to sit and humble myself every day and thanking God for choosing me because I'm able to take care of households. I'm able to take care of marginalized communities. I'm able to feed and pour and educate the community at large to help them pursue their, you know, financial goals and personal freedom. Uh, I'm just so grateful for my wealth of knowledge and wisdom and just how much I actually have to offer. And I think that's probably one of the most impactful things is that I'm able to serve people in so many different areas to where, you know, it's really not about the money. It's really more so about sharing resources and information. And I just have so much to offer and I'm just grateful for that because at one point I felt as though I had little to nothing. Mm. you know you think like oh I'm just this a little out value I can at least do this or I can probably fill in this gap and now it's like okay God what problem you want me to focus on I know I can solve a lot today but which one do you want me to focus on today so um so yeah that's really like fulfilling and rewarding to be in that position to where you know sometimes it's just being available to have a conversation with somebody and it's not always money it's more than money. It's a lot of like sharing relationships, sharing resources. And I think that's the great part about this phase of my servant leadership is that it's really not taking my physical energy. I can impact people without having to like weigh my body down. It'd literally be a text away, an email away, or like, you know, it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this is cool. I, I, I could do this. I can connect the dots and still make people you know impact people in a in a meaningful way so that's probably that's that's what I'm really grateful for I love it and I also offline need the need the cheat code to being a servant leader and not having to wear your body down wink (laughs) (laughs) but no 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 so before we wrap it on up officially I want to know are there any you kind of talked about it earlier but I'm gonna still ask for the sake of structure but are there any projects that you're currently working on that you'd be open to discussing um we heard a little bit about your book so tell us more please oh God has blessed me with three or four book titles as of today Oh, um, really? I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been on vacay. So I kind of took some time and I was like, oh, that's a book too. Oh, that's a book too. I'm like, okay, what do I need to focus oh, on? Oh, so not like titles for the one book, multiple titles for multiple books. Correct. Correct. I love it. I love it. Okay, well, let's, let's. Titles multiple books. But 
Um, as I mentioned, when I was thinking about my vision statement and the season I'm in in my life and wanting to be a servant leader to my family, anything, any business I do moving forward has to be able to generate passive income. And so I decided to, although being a author is not a part of my vision statement, it still serves under being a global leader. It still serves under being a respected businesswoman as well. So I, God told me during my vacay that I need to release this audiobook, and it's called The Faith Focus Formula. Okay. And I am breaking down the system of how I've been able to be, to use my faith and be, to, to center my faith in my decision-making, but also in order for me to create focus in my life. And so um, I'm making it where I'm, it's going to, it's going to be systems and strategies to save time, to prioritize your goals, to create your vision statement, um, and to also understand what distractions, how do I best minimize distractions? Like that's probably, that's like two chapters within itself. But it's going to be a seven chapter book. I've already completed the book outline. So as I mentioned, I'm going to be writing in the mornings. So um, I'm not going to pressure the time of when I want to complete it, but I'm at least going to block out the time to do the work. And so that's one tip I can give right now. I do feel like sometimes deadlines are like so intimidating and it gets annoying when you have to continuously move the deadline, move the deadline. Don't You can have a projected deadline, but I think more of the mental energy needs to be in where am I blocking out time to do the work because the results will come if you block out the time to do the work so I'm going to so I blocked out time basically for the remainder of this month I'm going to see how far I get by the end of the month because once again I'm giving myself grace and being patient with myself because I've never written a book before <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> right. this is my first time I'm doing this so let me not be like this is another project and I need to get it done at this time in this way now it's like I'm learning my flow. And so um, I'm super grateful to release that book. Uh, I am going to be releasing it as an audio book. And because um, I think too, we need energy, right? Like we need to exchange energy. And granted, I'm sure the book will be, a, the physical book will be a great resource, but being able to like, like literally speak into people's lives and, and write the book in a way where it's like, I'm about to list this book once a week just so I can keep it in rotation and, and keep my skills polished and things like that. Um, and so outside of that, I do plan on um, uh, going on a global tour and being able to continue to spread my uh, message of wanting to help people simplify their decision-making because um, that's essentially my goal. Uh, granted, I, as a clarity coach, as the clarity coach, I help people hyper-focus on self while building their brand and business, right? Because that's a, that's a skill that we're not taught. It's hyper-focus on the business, hyper-focus on the goals, and, you know, take care of yourself as you can. Mm. Nah. As the clarity coach, I help people hyper-focus on self first to accomplish those brand and business goals. And so... um, so yeah, the, 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 the plan is to release that book and allow that book to impact the world. 
Come on, world. I'm so proud of you. This is this is so exciting. This has been so fun. It's like I'm learning new things, but also I'm just like watching you shine or listening to you shine. And I'm just so proud. Thanks, girl. I love yeah. you. Okay. Well, before we wrap, please let us know where can the people find you? Where can we follow you on social? Where can we keep up with all things Precious Azure Ray, the Clarity Coach herself, VP, co-founder of Measure and all the things? Like, where can we find you? Awesome. So at Precious Azure Ray on all platforms. I'm easing into TikTok, guys. I do have an account there. It's for a post there right now, but I'm on Instagram. I'm getting more active on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also launching my YouTube channel this year. I forgot to share that, but it's available now. You can go follow and subscribe. But preciousazure.com is really about to be the new hangout spot because I'm doing a relaunch in the next month or so with my blog. I have a blog on there. There's current posts about things like faith, money, productivity, business. So there's a lot of content that's already there, but I'm going to be actively uh, blogging more, which is part of my developing my discipline of writing. writing, So I'm I'm, going to be blogging more, spending time writing my books. So yeah, prepare to definitely get more content that's not all cute pictures. It's going to be you know, true insight to my journey, whether that's fashion, super excited. Um, I redesigned my Amazon storefront. Um, so it's going to be a lot of, a lot of great things, all lifestyle, Precious Azure. So if you go to preciousazure.com, um, you can go in and subscribe and you can be able to stay in the loop. And I do respond to DM. So if anyone has any questions, you know, after this interview, you can just let me know where you heard me. It's like, hey, I caught you on the minor detail. That's a, that's that's your segue in. You got to say that part. I heard you on the minor detail and I'll be probably get to you a little quicker. Yeah, I was going to say that's an automatic reply. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's funny. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Um, I really, really appreciate you. Like I said, I am such a lover of our friendship. I value our friendship. I think that it's so amazing that we could do friendship, do life, do business and all the things. And I know that you'll always be there. Um, yeah. So to many more to be continued for everyone listening in. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I was excited to do something a little different and I really want to continue to bring you these types of conversations moving forward because I know a lot of dope friends or I'm not that I know. I have a lot of dope friends as well um, and we do a lot of dope life things. And so until next time, y'all have a great evening, great morning, whatever time you're listening to this and we'll chat soon. Bye.